Hey, detailers. Podcast sponsor Joe here from Autofiber Australia. As pro detailers, we are all about using the highest quality products for our customers when it comes to compounds, chemicals, and ceramic coatings. But what about microfiber? Are you using cheap towels that get used once and then tossed into the bin? You need to try out our amazing Autofiber range of microfiber. Seriously, it is the best stuff going around. Use our exclusive podcast code 15DDUP and get 15% off when you purchase any of our premium Korean or Chinese made microfiber. We have a wide range of products that are tailor made to last a long haul so you get the best value for money and your customers will appreciate it. Go to autofiber.com.au or find us on Instagram to make your purchase and check out our range. Now back to the podcast. Thanks, Dale. Welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast, the place for everything auto detailing in Australia right now. Here's your host, Dale Guthrie. G'day and welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Dale Guthrie. We're back, back into it again. Um, we've had some uh, pretty good ones on of late, so the the quality is coming, that's for sure. And um, today's episode is um, is no different either as all. So um, yeah, I'm back. I've uh, had some holidays um, penciled in, and so I've taken them. And um, not sure if you'd seen of late as well. Um, yeah, I was in, uh, went to Thailand for a few weeks, and um, yeah, managed to visit a store over there, and. Um, I think you might have seen on my post that I tried to do a podcast with them, but um, they were a bit funny with their accent, they thought. But um, once I went around and had a chat to them, they were actually really good. So um, if I go back there, they're, um, yeah. So that's, if anyone was asking why I didn't do a pod with them, that's probably why. But he was actually really good. His English was awesome. So sorry about that one, but um, I did try. And it was pretty cool to see what they do over there compared to Australia. So but um, today this I've had a few little crests for this company and um, yeah, they've definitely blown up and um, I thought why not reach out and they were um, kind enough to allocate some time and um, and bring some bring their story to us, which is even better. So today I got um I got Nick from Cultura Auto Lifestyle in Sydney. So afternoon, mate. Dale, good afternoon, mate. Pleasure to be here. No, it's good. It's thanks for everyone uh, taking time and your guys' side and um, making the effort. Mate, our pleasure, mate. If we can uh, contribute to the uh, the detailing world and butt heads on some issues and stuff like that, mate, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, no, it's really good. So um, another another top quality Sydney um, company you guys are. So where in Sydney are you actually based? Mate, we're uh, in a little suburb, or not like it's like a big industrial suburb called Reebsby here in uh, New South Wales, Sydney. It's a big hub for pretty much everything, so for building supplies, you name it. It's a pretty big area, which I used to come past here many, many years ago for uh, scaffolding mobs and you name it. Around here, there's pretty much everything wrecking yards and uh, freight companies, you name it. Uh, Dale, they're here, mate, in this hub around Milpera. Yeah, right. And how far is that out of the CBD? CBD, I reckon you jump in a car, Dale, or you've got a good fast car, mate, I reckon 25, maybe 30 minutes you'll be in the city. Yeah, nice. Depends what time you go, obviously, time dependent. But, um, yeah, I think around 25 minutes you'll be there, mate, not really that far away. No, nice. 
Yeah. Oh, awesome. So what's your role with Cultura and how long have you been there and what's your background? Have you always been detailer? My, my background is um, I, I started out as a vehicle spray painter. So I did that for a total of a long time, actually, 31 years. I was painting cars, working for people, and then inevitably I took the plunge and went partnership with a fella who was also who was a panel beater. I was a spray painter, so we went out on our own and started our own little place. And that went on for 13 years, Dale, and we decided to um, to sort of call it quits. I actually had to – I had no choice for that to happen because I actually lost my business partner. He had a – had a heart attack and passed away, and it was very hard for me to manage a business on my own. So we actually uh, gave the business to two up-and-comers who wanted to jump into the game, and I stayed with them for a couple of years. And it, the feeling's sort of never the same, Dale. When you raise a child and then surrender the child to somebody else, you sort mm. of think spent all that time growing, growing this entity just to surrender it to somebody, but I sort of didn't really have a choice in the matter and and it was very lucky I bumped into my good friend Ricardo at a, at a birthday party. He was at, was at my cousin's birthday party and he said, I'd like to talk to you later, Nick, when we get some time. I've got an up-and-coming uh, venture in the pipeline and, and I'd love for you to be part of it if if you want to have a change of pace, like if it's something you sort of want to do, we'll talk later and you tell me your feelings about it and I didn't even realise what he had planned, but it was mind-blowing. So it was something I just chose to do. Dale was sort of like an evolution. You sort of evolve from one thing to another and learn things along the way and meet heaps of people and you get encouragement from people as well. And and that's how I come to be here. I was the first, I was the first guy, the first like in the detailing section here. I was the first person here. There was nobody here except me. So it's very humbling, mate, to to come into a 3,800-square factory, <laughs> which is quite large, and to be here by yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and watching the place get built around me every day while I was working, I just saw it come to life, which was amazing, amazing journey, mate. Wow. So okay. how does – how? because my background, I'm, I'm a panel beater by trade, but um, – can't say I visited it lately, but how yeah. does how do you become from painter into detailer? Is it sort of the when you finish painting the correction side of things sort of what took you into detailing side or yeah, or well, smash repairs. You sort of um, you sort of are hampered with time. You got time frames for everything. Customers want their car in a particular time, so you got to be sort of smart. And I'm very lucky too, Dale, because with experience you can you can sort of allocate the time where it really needs to go. But when I had my own business, there was um, A, B, C, D, E, and there was no deviating. That's where the name comes and people associate you with quality and that's how your business grows. Because um, there's a lot of people, a lot of cowboys out there that'll take your money off you, but a lot of people will never go back to them. They'll get, they'll get stung once and I'll never go back to those places. So I just decided to that my business would, wouldn't be one of those places I, I always wanted to have a uh, quality to be one of the major factors where people could um there was no hiding anything we used to discuss everything with clients be upfront with everything and discuss everything with them and i think once you build trust and a rapport with someone dale these people then leave you to your game and are not disappointed when they come and get their car but yeah it's, it was it's an evolution mate from spray painting 
starting with a rotary machine. Mm. And then as the years go by, things start getting introduced into the game and you take them on board. And, and these things have just revolutionized their industry. Mm. We'll go into that a bit further. But um, yep. yeah, it's just been an evolution from spray painting to denipping cars and detailing them and then going 10 times further than that, just taking it so many levels beyond customers' expectations, which is what you want, and then you've got them forever then. Yeah. Was there a lot of – was it your business in, like, mainly the insurance side or you were doing restos? um, Started restos. Dale started primarily me and my uh, business partner into GT Falcons. Oh, yeah. So the first car that came into the shop, it was totally empty, nothing there. There was just a 71 XY Falcon. So me and him were working on that every day, and then the sticky beaks would drive past and have a look at who are these new guys? We've never seen them before. They say a Falcon, and then word gets around. The next thing you know, tow truck comes with another Falcon, and next thing you know, a couple of rotaries appear, and the next thing you know, Dale, you can't cope. <laughs> you have to start asking people, uh, oh, I need help. You, you've got to get other people on board to, you know, you need more hands to to cope with the demand. Yeah. And which is um, which is great also, but you also got to teach these people your standard. You're inviting them into your business and you have to tell them this is how I want it to be and no exception. That's the mm. standard you create and you have to stick by it. bit like detailing, really. It just a, yes. Same. If people know you for doing quality, you can't fall yep. down on any job because you don't want egg on your face, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so then... How, what sort of um, – when did culture actually sort of – when did the building start getting built and when did you start was, with them? Well, from here now, 2023, two years ago, yep. it might have been – so 23 – it might have been 18, 19, the, the idea, the concept was there. Yep. But um, I just didn't realise – I saw the, the blueprint. I saw the, um, the architect's drawings and I just thought – holy hell, this is like so – I just couldn't imagine such a, a large platform to work from. It's, it was unlike anything I've ever worked in before. My shops were like 380 square metres, like two shops right yeah. next door to each other. This one's like 3,800 square metres, so it's, it's quite large. Huge, yeah. But a good portion of it is segmented off for the storage side of it. Yep. Uh, so one whole back wall, a whole wall is just – Car racking, I think it's like 56 cars, Dale. That's totally wow. full. Bottom and top, it's double stacked and it's four. So it's two at the front and two at the back. So it's four, the whole wall. So it's it's quite impressive. Wow. That's what I was going to touch on too a bit later about the um, yep. about the vehicle side of things because uh, vehicle storage, because that's yep. becoming a big thing with um, a couple of people I know of as well. And I always thought it's a good side gig to have. Um, it I think. is, yeah. I, a, a lot of people would say there's no future in car storage and why would you do that? And and there's a lot of naysayers, Dale, you know how it is. There's a lot of people out there that will kick in the guts and say you're crazy. Yep. And the boys say that to me all the time. Like, <laughs> you're mad. And these people probably see it now because we're very uh, social media based. So people, there's no secrets. People see everything and joins chock-a-block, wow. which is amazing. In itself, I believe that. Yeah. It'd probably work with Sid- Sydney as well. People have nice cars, so they probably don't always have enough room to store them. 
So what better off is that? I'll probably go into it, but is that? Do you offer the like a um a valet service? So you detail the cars, sure, pack yep. them away, yep. cover them up. Um, yeah, people bring them day, or they we clean them. We allocate a bay for it. The car gets put in its bay. It gets its own trickle charger. Uh, it gets its own five hundred dollar bespoke sleeping bag car cover fitted to it. Yep, with a nice Cultura monogram on the front. Car gets put away and goes to bed. Covered up, <laughs> no one sees it. It's very private. It's um, it's locked away from the public. It's uh, it's invitation by appointment only. Mm. So you can't just get the general public walking in and eyeballing everything. It's you, you've got to be invited to come here, and um, the cars are looked after like they're our own. That's yep. that's the only way I can put it. Yeah, no, it's and a good model. Twenty four seven to the client. Yeah, well, that's what that was. Um, I think I did see it on you on your page but yeah that is sort of i've normally heard like a pick up on friday sort of thing and maybe drop off monday sort of um yeah. model as well but yeah i think that having that 24 7 access that's probably even better for a lot of people absolutely yeah yeah a lot of well we're if, if people are organized and organized stuff with us we're very flexible as well and we're we're here in, um like uh like we're here eight to ten hours a day and it suits a lot of people people drop off their car we clean it make it presentable, put it away, and when they want it, their car's clean, ready to go. So with a bit of notice, I think it's 24 hours notice, we let the car ready for them, they jump in it, they enjoy it all day, return it in the afternoon, the car's filthy, we go through the motions again, clean it as it was before, and then put the car back to bed again, and that's the service we offer people. Yep, and that's all covered under the storage cost? Love it. Yep. So was um, absolutely yes. Yeah. So when Ricardo come to you with the with his dream, did you what did you think at the time? You like you're crazy. This is massive. Is, yeah. How's oh, it going to work? Just, I, I just couldn't believe it because I I came here. This used to be a tile factory, Dale. So you can imagine for tiles, it doesn't have to be pretty. It's a <laughs> dusty concrete floor inside. There's a lot of um. There's a lot of holes in the in the paneling and the. All the all the day lighting that all had to be bl- blanked off. We didn't want excessive sunlight coming into the facility. So yeah. Rick and the guys, what they had in their mind, actually made it a reality, and it's got painted internally and beautiful epoxy floor, and everything's just quality. It was very well thought out, and yeah, I just I saw it, but to see it coming to life in front of my eyes as as months and months went by was amazing. It was amazing, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm big for That's having yeah. awesome prevent presentable shops. So I love how people will spend the time and money on their shops to do them up because presentation is huge. So I think that gets a lot of service for, for people sure, on you how you present. Your, yeah. yeah, how you present yourself. You drop is, off your Porsche, Lamborghini, whatever it is, and the facilities clean. There's no there's no dust on the floor. It's like you know you feel happy knowing you're leaving your car with. Mm. Car-minded people. Yep. Yep. Wow, that's uh, it is pretty cool. I, I know that the front of the the building and stuff. It's yeah, it's uh, definitely impressive. So if you haven't had a look, check out their Instagram. It's um, very nice. So, um, I'll probably touch on. Can you remember when, what sort of challenges like when you were first there? What the challenges you had when you were there on your own, setting up? Um, did you have everything there, or was it a slow process of getting tools and equipment in to, to do your job at the time? Was it much drama back then? I was, yeah, there was, a, there was a little bit. Dale, there was, um, 
I'm lucky because of all the years I spent in the painting game, you've got to sort of have a bit, little bit of um, a little bit of foresight in what you're going to need as the days go by. So a little bit of forward planning always helps. But look, obviously things happen, and maybe think maybe uh, um, you know I mean your processes get interrupted, and and you might not be thinking of something that you might need. But generally, the boys are very accommodating and set me up with a lot of stuff early on. And that, that might have been uh, extra equipment that I didn't use at the time, but the guys preempted and bought uh, a lot of things that I wasn't using at the time, but it was always there as a backup, which was great. So, um, yeah, but everything they got for me, like a pressure washer, they got me a Kranzel pressure washer. They, they got me the yep. best stuff. I had a look around what people were using, and, I, and Rick asked me, you know, what, what's the Ferrari of pressure washers? And I said, look, mate. <laughs> Where we stand right now, it'd be the Kranzel unit. So he, he bought two of those, and I never had any issue. Dale compounds, um, uh, microfiber towels, uh, trolleys, machines, extension leads. He pretty much asked me what I needed. I sat down one evening and wrote it all down, and he got me everything I needed. And I just, that's all I needed. Once I had everything, Dale, once the foundation was laid, I just did what I've always known. Yep. Was it a. Really um... Was it car storage from day one or was it detailing before or how, how did that work? Well, when when I got here, I, the detailing bays had already been epoxied and I, I actually didn't even have my floor lifts in at the time. So I was in the actual bay, but there was nothing there. The, there was a skeleton of a cupboard. There was nothing there. So I was basically doing it on the floor, which was no big deal for me. Yep. Um, like laying around on the floor to get the silk panels and the lower bumper bars and all that stuff. No big deal for me. I, I, that's what I came from. From the early 90s, I've been doing it. So <laughs> I'm no stranger to hard work and doing things the hard way. Um, and as, as time went on, it got easier because the boys put floor lifts in the bays. There's full panel lighting in there now. So mm. as, as time went along, things just got easier and easier for me. Um you know what I mean? Things as as everything got set up to to the way they wanted it to be, it was it ended up being heaven for me. It was mm. More than I wanted, more than I needed, but it yep. was great anyway. I loved it. And what what were your um, services back then at the start? So I know you're doing PPF. Was that sort of later on? Um, and how did all that come about? Well, when back back then, when we're at the bone stage, the skeleton stage, the the guys were all here already in their air-conditioned glass-paneled area, already doing PPF installation in there. Oh, yeah. And right next door, they've got a, a state-of-the-art low-bake booth with hydraulic floor. They had plans of doing sprayable paint jobs as well, which which can also be peeled away. They can also be polished and sanded the whole nine yards. But um, that sort of never eventuated, and the spray booth is still there. Best part is we use the spray booth now to bake all of our ceramic coatings, which is great. It hasn't sort of gone to waste. And it's a premium booth. It's probably the best one you can buy from Low Bake. But the boys were doing uh, PPF from back then, and I was on the far side behind a roller door doing my detailing. So, <laughs> so they were doing the PPF, and at that time I was just doing corrections and coatings. So, yeah, there was no monstrous rush. I was probably turning over a HSV Commodore back then in like three days. I was taking my time and doing them three to four days, but the car was perfect. Yep. Four days. I had plenty of time. Um, I put a lot of my own time into it too, Dale, because obviously I wanted to impress. 
and uh, eight hour days turned into 10 hour days, which was no big deal for me because I love doing a day. I like it. Yeah. The time for me is no big deal. Yeah, that's what you were used to probably from the old panel shop days. So Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah, all right. No so what, um, so what sort of film, what film products do you use and um, what sort of coatings are you, you offering? Well, back then, uh, I well, the first time I used uh, graphene-based products was with, uh, I think it's called Specialty Performance Coatings, SPS, I think. Uh, they they were um, they had the the Art Design graphene product, but it was relabeled under the SPS banner. So I wanted to get it here in Sydney, and I actually did get it, but I didn't get it under the Art Shine banner. I got it actually as an SPS product. So that would have been the version one back then. Um, very difficult uh, process, like a user installation process. Yeah. Could, could be a bit frustrating if you didn't know it, but I sort of hung in there. I'm a bit of a loyalist, <laughs> but I like something, Dale. I just hung in there and stayed with it. Yeah. And I'm glad I did because the products evolved and it's the user experience is a lot better now. But back then, yeah, I, I was uh, I started using CarPro stuff back yep. then because it's readily available. Yep. Uh, CarPro stuff and a lot of a lot of Julian stuff as well. Yep. Because that stuff was readily available and it wasn't too far away from me. It was easy for me to go and get it myself. Uh, but I think under this entity here called Tour Auto Lifestyle, I thought, look, I'm going to get a brand in here and we'll become accredited and we'll have that as under our umbrella, adopt to the product and use it wholeheartedly and really showcase what the product is about. So I reached out to the the actual boss of Art to Shine from Singapore, that's Alfred. Oh. I just texted him and 10 seconds later, Dale, the bubble appeared in Messenger. <laughs> this guy responded immediately and sent me the stuff that I wanted and I used it and I loved using it and Ricardo loved the appearance of it because that's the first thing you, you, you look at is mm. the paint on a car, that, that image that you get from it and um, how nice it presents. So to use those products and and the gloss levels and how they feel under your hand, Rick thought, you know what, Nick, you're very comfortable using them. They look great. We'll establish a relationship with him and we became accredited and the rest is history, mate. We've um, had a long-standing relationship with them. I've actually used them before, Cultura Auto Lifestyle, so I had a bit of a relationship happening then. But this was uh, uh, the official um, partnership between Cultura Auto Lifestyle and Art to Shine. Wow. That, yeah. yeah, that's interesting because not most people would just go for the normal top-tier brands, coding yep. brands. So, yeah, yep. you like your G-Technics, G-On. Um, yeah, you mentioned CarPro as well, so that's interesting that you went somewhere different, which was good. Yeah. Are they a two-stage sort of coating, a two, like a base coat, top coat, or are they just a single application? Well, when I first started Dale, uh, most com most uh, reputable ceramic coating companies and their coatings are two two layer systems. Yep. And when you when you spend sixteen hours of your day from beginning from your wash cycle to your ending of the correction and getting ready to install your coating. Fatigues uh, plays a big role because by then you're pretty much at the end of your batteries. <laughs> so if you select a coating that's a dual layer coating, by the end of a day, you, you basically can't see anymore. You're so tired. Yep. Uh, the best part about uh, Art to Shine coatings is that they're single layer. 
And for single layer, it's great. What you get out of them, like now we're currently we're at a seven-year coating, the, yep. the nanographene coating, and the, um, the ceramic metal oxide is a five-year coating. And they're single layer. They're easy to apply. The removal process is easy. And if you care for them, as me and you know, mm. if you look after them and, and care for them the way you're supposed to, you'll get you'll get more than seven years out of them. Yep. And especially if you've got a car that stays indoors, the coating will be indefinite because they're not copping any industrial fallout or UV damage. And so you sort of get out of it what you put in, but we're very pleased how these single layer coatings perform. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big fan because I'm, I'm Gion certified. So they do have their um, base coat and top coat. But, um, most of my customers just want the single layer. So, yep. um, yeah, I know a lot of people in the bigger cities upsell them the top coat. Um, I'm yep. not big on that, but, yeah, some I can. But, yep. yeah, I prefer the single layer and sort of in and out sort of, not in and out, but I still have them overnight. But it's just the single layer application and what you Absolutely. get, the results you get off that are just as good. So. And single layer is good too, Dale, because you could because you're only putting one layer on the car, you can actually we actually put it everywhere, like under sills and mm. um, I take spoilers off. So the, the feet underneath the spoilers, everything's <laughs> coated. If something's in the way, I remove it. And that you because you're doing a single layer application, you actually have a little bit more time up your sleeve to put it everywhere. Yep. And give people their money's worth. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. And proof's in the pudding. So when people see it, they're like, I, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard, wow, like, oh, that's so mad. Oh, my, oh my God, you're the wives. The yes. wives who drive their Range Rovers and their dailies every day. They've abused them and, and can't wash cafes and destroyed them. And then we brought them back to life and coded them. And people just, it's visually spectacular, as you know, Dale. Yes. Nothing absolutely. better than that feeling at the end. No. And a lot of, yeah, it's quite surprising. Uh, most of my customers are females. You'd be surprised. Like you don't see too many males. You get the odd one or two, but a lot of them are females and they want to care for their car more than the males do half the time. It's good. Eh? They probably feel they probably feel bad going somewhere and the car's in the sun, like a black car or something. Yeah. And the car's hologrammed and scratched the hell. Like it doesn't present really well, but it's good. Females have become more in touch with their, with their cars, which Ab is great. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that... Um, the with your spray booth and the removable um paint yes i've heard of that of overseas so that you sort of not into um doing that anymore or you had a crack at it and it's not yeah the 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 plan was to have that system in place here sort yep. of piggybacked off the ppf side of things here yep. but i think just at that time um it's sort of never event. I don't know what the the deep down story is, but there were there were plans for something to happen. The the idea and the template was was there to make it happen, but um, it must have just been circumstances. Dale, I don't know if the the fellow was ready. Maybe it was too much for him to handle, but he definitely had his eyes on the prize to make this happen. He actually done a couple of cars, but it just never went forward from there, mate. So yeah, yeah, it's no, a shame it's... I saw him and I look great. Yeah, like it's an actual colour change and then you, you could remove it after so long and then the original exactly. paint's still there. So I've yeah. seen it done on overseas a fair bit. So like people will bring yeah. in new Porsches and change the colour of them. So Yeah, me being a spray painter, I've, I mm. found it very interesting. He actually asked me if I wanted to 
sort of go down that road. And I said, listen, mate, I've done this for 31 years. I've <laughs> retired. Um, he, he badgered me a fair bit to get back into it, but I just, I, I, moved, I went through a revolving door, Dale, came out into another area and I just sort of closed the book on yep. the spray painting side of things. And But, yeah, that would have, I wish that did sort of go ahead. So, like, from my perspective, I thought that was very interesting, something you could spray on and de-nib and polish and sand. You could do whatever you want to it. Mm. And then after two, three years, if you're bored of a dough, you just pick up an edge, mate, and just peel it all off and you're back to where you started. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was quite cool. But I think some people might get lost on how to if you tried to sell it to someone and, and they'd be like, oh, I'll just get it vinyl wrapped instead or absolutely yes. colour PPF on it instead or yeah, leave it. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, it's something that I don't know how you would market it. Like, mm. But this this fella had a lot of people that had their hands up to, to get it done. But like yeah. you said, if you want to go down that road, PPF's a uh, viable option as well, Yeah, which is what we do here as well. Yep. No, that's good. So, um, <clears throat> so how many employees have you got in there now? How many workers you got? Mate, I've done a headcount with um, with uh, Ricardo and Mohammed, our, our two employers. With them on board, we've got a total of thirteen. Would you believe? Oh, yep. So, so back then we had uh, had two guys in the PPF lab, and myself. So I went from three to thirteen. Wow. So she's growing, mate. She's growing. The monster, we fed the monster and she's growing. So it's great. Great, mate. Were you involved with any of the onboarding of, um, and training of or hiring of new employees, were you, or not really? Well, as we went along, uh, Dale, I, I, I got to a point where cars are coming in. I couldn't – I've only got two hands. Yeah, yeah. So, so I did need somebody to be with me. So I ended up pinching my spray painter that I employed at, at the old place. <laughs> So, because I worked with him as well, and I, I talked to him from time to time, and he goes, "Nick, mate, what, what they're doing here is not really how I want things to go." And he basically was starting to get a bit miserable with things. And I threw the hook out to him and showed him what was happening. And once he saw it, and spoke to Ricardo, and that that was a game changer for him. He came here, and he's been here ever since. He's he's my colleague. His name's R two. He's with me every day and he loves doing it and I don't think he'll want to go anywhere now. We're very pampered. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so I, I needed him and we got him. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. Because are they seeing a lot of difference now? Like I know spray painting is, I don't know, it's a bit funny now with the all the chemicals and that now and I suppose with detailing and polishing it's it's fairly clean. Yeah, I guess. Well, and, Dale, when you're spray painting, if you don't wear the appropriate equipment, it's, it's carcinogenic. Yes, they they make no qualms about it. You you see it on all the containers and stuff. It's um it's very harmful to your lungs. You, you it's not recommended you breathe it or or touch it excessively because you can get um uh you can get dermatitis in the hands. Once you do that, your hands are, uh, a bucket will be full, so to speak. You know what I mean? You can't really touch it. So you always got to wear the correct breathing apparatus. If you don't, that's what that's that's the beginning of the end, mate. So. Mm. This industry is a lot cleaner, and uh, vapors and fumes wise, we're, we're we're not we're not part of that anymore. It's in that regard, but you also got to be aware of um of du compounds, dusting, and stuff like that. Yep. But here, it's it's well ventilated. It's whole business, the whole factory is air conditioned, so we're in a closed climate controlled environment, and um, it's kept methodically clean. We all do our bit and keep it tidy, and that's. Just the way we do it, and it's 
it's the way to, it's the way to be. It's you yep. got to keep got to keep housekeeping as a, as a priority, mate. Yep. No, nice. Um, what are your uh, sort of go to products for the polishing? What are, what's your your good um, choice of polish and stuff like that? Do you you all use? Are you all different? Is everyone different, or do you all sort of use the same? We sort of pretty much. Well, I've, I've never ever harnessed myself, Dale, to using one particular brand of compounds because you know as well as I do, paints. People think all paints the same, mm. like Porsche paint or uh, Mercedes Benz, like they're all the same, but they're not. Which yep. I, which as I've been going along, I've found out some paints are sticky, some like to be compounded, some don't, some repel compounds, and it's you sort of got to find. This is where you got to do your testing and find out what the car likes, and and then you can go forward. But um, I've got so many compounds here, Dale, and people wonder why we have so many, like uh, ranging from CarPro to Kosh, Koshemi, Kosh yep, uh, to Sonax and. Oh, we've got so many, and people people coming constantly coming in. Try this and try that, and and they try and sway you into using this, and this is the best, and that's the best. But I generally use. Um, I've, I've done harness myself to any rules, Dale. I use what the car likes, and finish that car, and the next day is another challenge, another car, and start yep. all over again. Yep. No, that's good. Um, <clears throat> one thing I did want to ask: uh, dry ice blasting. That's- yes becoming fairly um popular in australia now um, it is yeah a lot yeah, of people have asked us for it as well and we've accommodated to people wanting to have that done yep which is pretty cool so we remove our internal rack from inside the shop that gets pulled into our one of our wash bays out there and if if anything that gets just moved just outside the door and we ring the company probably 24 hours notice they drop off the the, the pellets in a big box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, our resident bl- blasting guy here, Matt, is great. He's uh, He adopted it to his uh, repertoire of tricks. He's also the guy that washes our cars as well and does all of our interior ceramic coatings and wheels and so forth. Yeah. Um, he does all the blasting, and it's amazing, like an undercarriage covered in uh, factory waxes and oil vapour and grease and stuff is removed. It's a laborious process, uh, Dale, but at the end of it, when it's all done, it's you can see we do a lot of 50-50 stuff, and it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing technology. My dry ice, uh, the cleaning power of it is amazing. Is it um, is it picking up, like, service-wise? Like, are, are people more people asking for it these days? Yeah, pe- people do ask for it, but it's, uh, it's one of those things that we, that involves a bit, of, uh, a bit of planning on our end. But once people cast the hook and say, I want this done, we just organise it on our end and we make it happen. But yep. people do ask for it, yeah, especially yep. maybe with an older Porsche mm. or something where, for example, someone's had a 911 restored but the undercarriage doesn't reflect what the top looks like. So we'll get all of that done first and then we'll go through the motions of washing the car and decontaminating it and going through our end and offering a full-on process from undercarriage to the top end to interior to all tiers of detailing. It's it's been a good good little thing we've added to our bag of tricks, mate. Mm. No, yeah. you, you probably um, there's not many people in Australia doing it yet, but it, the word is getting out, and everyone is sort of getting on board. It is um, good, yeah. I think yeah. it's um, it's something that you that you do for somebody, and and at the end of it, you look at what you get out of it, and it's it's amazing, like. 
if you if you didn't ice blast this uh, the undercarriage of a car, Dale, you physically got to remove all those components and clean them like the old fashioned way, like a manual mm. labor. You know, you got to clean them and and um, obviously you can use a lot of um, uh, chemicals and stuff like that. But the the ice is um, it's not invasive. It leaves a lot of uh, uh, factory markings and that behind. It doesn't really rip into everything. It's a fully adjustable process too, so you can have a wild or you can have a mild. But yeah, it's great. It's 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 wondrous, man. It's amazing what technology does. It's great. Just yeah. To sort of take it on board and and learn something new, you know. No, it's it's good. I've yeah. Another thing that's picked up overseas, and now we're slowly catching on to it. But it's it's really impressive yes. the the dry ice. So I know a couple of guys in Australia doing it, and um yeah, words getting out, no doubt. So probably quite that's expensive good. too with the the dry ice. That wouldn't be cheap. I think it is. Oh, yeah, well, it's um package wise. I think what you get out of it, Dale, like most of the car enthusiasts, um have no problem in getting it done because they just want to see that. They yep. just want to see all their components with no oil and grease on them, factory fresh, and then they start all over again with a with a fresh template because all the stuff under the cars, like some some of that stuff under the Dale's been under there for like 20 years. Yep. So to have it removed in like a five to six hour, maybe an eight hour process, which is, and Matt sometimes is out there all day doing front to back all the components and stuff that he's removed off the car, like exhaust systems, plastic trays, and then he cleans them all. The, the difference is day and night, so a lot of people aren't afraid to outlay to get it done because you can actually see the difference, yep. which is great. And our resident uh, photographer, videographer, is, is pretty much there the whole step of the way filming the process, so there's no secrets. You can actually see left to right what's achievable with the process, and it's amazing. A lot of people love it. Hmm. You touch on your um your video side. Have you – not that I've looked yet, but are you on YouTube? and I think YouTube's going to be another thing in in, in the pipeline. Yeah, it's, we're, we're planning to go down that road, Dale. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's coming soon, mate. I can't give you a time frame on the, when, when that's going to be, but I think it's. What do you reckon, Charlie? It's in the pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he says we're on it now, but yeah, obviously it's going to grow. So yeah, yeah. How long have we been on YouTube, Charlie? Not long. Not long. Probably about a month we've been on these. Charlie's telling me, Dale, so yep. she's growing, mate. No, that's good. Yeah, quite a few others are trying to get on the wagon over here, and I think it's pretty cool to showcase what you do. And, yeah, if you have your own department to do it, it's even better. Sure. So everyone... yeah, I, yeah, I can't wait till, till that starts to open up, mate. It just showcases more of what we do here, more in-depth. Yep. Do you know, um, yeah. No, I think it, it ties in well with your business, that's for sure. Um, are, is there many other detailers around you guys? Any other big shops? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple. There's, oh, in this area here, I'll just, look, I'm not familiar with, with this area. Like I said, Dale, I come to work and I focus all my energy on Kultura. But they're, they're, I'll just say off the top of my head, there might be five yep. scattered around this area, not directly close. There's a couple that are really close. But um, yeah, there might be four or five. Yeah. But um, I think initially, before I was in touch with the boys, the guys had intention to collaborate with these guys, so steal them from where they were and bring them here to, to actually showcase their talents in this setting, yep. like a larger setting. But um, obviously, people, you can't force someone to to go no. where they don't want to go, 
or people might have ulterior motives. They might want to stay and, and do things on their own. But the boys had all good intentions to bring people who are experts in their field, grab as many as you could, and all of us form a monstrous team here and showcase everybody's talent. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's a, it's a chain. There's all these links in the chain. Everyone's an expert in their field and just get us all together and just give everybody a broad spectrum of their talents. But you know what I mean? Sometimes that doesn't work out to to plan, Dale, and the boys <laughs> have to look elsewhere. And this is where we are. We've got 13 people. We all love what we do. We're all here every day. We're all passionate. We love cars. And this is what we're doing. And it's growing and growing. And we're growing along with it. Yeah. It's probably in the in the name too with the lifestyle, auto lifestyle. So Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah. Kultura is um, the culture. Yes. So in most languages, like uh, Ricardo's Portuguese and I'm half Greek, so you say cultura and it's like your, your culture. Like, And this is our culture, the automotive culture of, of, of side of things. Like this is what we like and what we love and we're all in. Yeah. Do you do many um, sort of – any sort of catch-ups at your shop or anything with other car groups and clubs and stuff or anything? Yeah, well, the guys are really big on having uh, establishing a lot of car and coffee meets, like on a Sunday. Yep. yep. And as soon as you uh, you put a post out there, Dale, like we're having a cars and coffee, the car park out the front is chock-a-block. <laughs> or people will come for two, three hours, show off their cars have some coffee and talk, and then there's time in the day for people to go home and spend time with their families. But yeah. for those three, four hours uh, that we invite people here, it's people come straight away. It's, people are dying to drive their cars. You know, they've got them <laughs> at home. And as soon as you tell them we're having a, a car and coffee or we're going to go for a cruise somewhere and we'll meet here, the place is chock-a-block, mate. People come. So there's definitely the, – the, the car scene in Sydney now has just gotten – so out of control. It's you thought over COVID, it has sort of gotten really quiet. Obviously, but when that period sort of opened, everyone just was chomping at the bit to get back out there again with fresh cars and yep. fresh uh, fresh cars that they had stuck in the garage and completed over that period. And we see them all the time, and we see a lot of new stuff, and it's awesome. We get them coming through here, and the the, the scenes definitely bigger and alive. That it's, that it's always been. Yeah. Do you have a – is your, a lot of your market the new car market as well with coatings and PPF? Yeah, we a lot a lot of people do don't want to leave their car at the dealer, Dale, maybe. No. Maybe they just want to um, – yeah, I think a lot of people just get – they want to bring it to someone who's focused on that task. Maybe yep. the dealership just want to install quickly and bang, bang, <laughs> bang, get them out the door. So yeah, I think we get we get a lot of new cars here actually a lot. Yeah, and um, a lot of people don't even go to the dealership to collect the car. We we take it from the dealer, bring it straight here, and we give the client their new car experience, like freshly coated and done the way we want it done. And they come they come and collect it when it's properly properly done and coated and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They get the experience day or they get the the proper <laughs> proper experience mode. How, how, I think everybody should when you go buy a new car, that's how your car should be presented. Yeah, and I hear that a lot, even with people these days now, like literally taking their car from a dealership straight to a detailer. Yep. Or they, they might drive it for a week or so in between and then they get it back from the detail and they go, Oh, it's better than it was since since new, it was better than new. 
and said, oh, I picked it up. And I'm like, yeah, well, because we've attended to it a little bit better than what a dealership did. So, yeah. So you, uh, you've, you've, you're aware, Dale, of what cars can look like from certain dealerships. They're horrible. Yep. Yep. A lot of mine, um, my market is in the new car market. So, yep. yeah, I see it all the time. So it's um it's very it's very um it can be shocking like especially to the client like people just have that idea in their head that it's a brand new car yeah and it should look that way Uh, unfortunately i don't know what processes they have over there dale but yeah we just bring them here and just start all over again pretty much yeah and even it's funny when even a customer drops it off they'll go Oh, I should have seen the state of this when we picked it up. It was it was quite disappointing, and yeah, for a brand new car, it's it's pretty bad. And I said, well, the dealerships, they've already got your money. They just want yeah. to get it to you as quick as possible and gone. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. the the dealerships are lacking in a little bit of that, but maybe not every dealership. Um, there's probably a few doing it really well, but yeah, you just don't yeah, hear. I've had, I've had the odd exception, like would you believe from Suzuki? I had a little Suzuki oh, yeah. Jimmy, the little Jimny things, the new ones. Yep. That came here and it did not have one mark on it. I couldn't believe it. I tried to find something, Dale. I couldn't find anything. <laughs> so I one staged it anyway, just to, just out of my own goodwill because that's what it's here for, and cleaned it top to bottom and nano graphene coated it, and it looked made it look spectacular. <laughs> it was already a good unit, but I made it look even better, which was amazing. Like yep. there's, there's just been a handful of those cars. Wow. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I- Looked at a new car the other day that we're picking up, and I could already see in the sun like the back pillar, and I'm like, "Oh, oh that's going to need yeah. some work." But that's, yeah, is what it that's is. That's the but... job. That's the job. That's the road we go down, Dale, every day, mate. I know. Mm. Very, um, very shocking, mate. Yeah, no, nah, it is. But um, well, um, what about the? Do you know if you look outside in our um, detailing industry in Australia, is there anything that we can improve? Um, looking outside. From what you guys do, mate. Look, I, th- I think I, I think a lot of things that um, can be improved on basically come from it's like a common sense thing, Dale. Basically, from from me, like people go, oh, you know, common sense ain't that good. Like sense ain't that common and stuff like that. But if you think about it logically, like one of the things is to be respectful to people. You know what I mean? Like you got to be respectful. You got to be. You have to be honest with them. You can't. Mince your words. You've got to be enthusiastic. You've got to be passionate about what you do. There's a lot of people, like you said, they I take your money and you go back and, and you want to discuss something with them and, you know, the words are exchanged and they don't want to know you after that. Like you've got to, you've got to sort of have pride in what you – a lot of a lot of cowboys out there, Dale, you, you know where mm. I'm coming from. A lot of people yep. that just watch YouTube, they see roughly what it's all about, they give it a crack and, you know what I mean, it's not like that. You've got to, you've got to really put yourself – into your job because if you don't it shows how trade is that visual if you if you don't do it the the right way or, or do it the way it's supposed to be done it shows immediately like we've had a couple of people come into the shop and 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 we got our cars in a beautifully low lit handover room where we hand over our clients cars and there was a fella there he, he sort of didn't want nothing to do with how the car looked in that room he goes mate this looks like a big smoke and mirrors set up here. And how about we take the car outside? I'm not interested in looking at the car here. This was like the guy's offside, oh, wow. like his mate. So I said, no problem. So we opened the facility and we took it out in the sun. And you couldn't look at it out there, like within the sun. It was like blinding. And I said, there you go, mate, nothing to hide. Like, 
have a look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think people should just be more honest and um, and just throw yourself into your work. Like, do what you say. Like, really, mm. that's all I can say about it, mate. Like, you you get out what you put in. And I've always just gone for the wow factor, mate. Like, regardless of try to try to give people more than they expect. Once yep. you do that, mate, you they they they'll be more than happy. Or or wherever they go, someone will say, "Wow, like who who done the car?" Yeah. And word of mouth is the most powerful uh, media out there, I reckon. And absolutely, once you yeah. do that, a day or generally, you'll have clients for life. Yep. What is so it like? Um... Under promise and over deliver or something, isn't that the, yeah. the same? <laughs> so yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yep. yeah. I try Just... to over over deliver. Yeah, but a lot of people, a lot of people who don't understand, I always try and make a point to talk them through the process and tell them why we've done what we've done, and and it's good for them to see the befores and afters. And once you show them that, there's no denying them because they've seen what the car looks like. Yep. And what the end result is, and that's not an uh, eight-hour process sometimes, Dale. It takes a bit mm. longer, and customers are happy to leave them here. Yeah. There's the odd exception where you've got to reach down deep and, and, <laughs> and you might have to turn something up a bit quicker than, than, you, than you'd like. But generally speaking, the enthusiasts will leave it with you and, and let you go to town on it and, and give you some extra time, you know. But, yeah, I think people just need to um, – Step up the game. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there doing it, Dale, but there's a lot of people I, like I'm not into bagging anybody or belittling businesses. A lot of people come here and say, mate, I've had the car coded. What do you think of it? And you look at the car and the car doesn't – or you'll decon it or, or, or try and, um, uh, you know, like a coding might get clogged, Dale. So you unclog yeah. it to see what it has and there's nothing there. Maybe they've <laughs> just got a, a nice sealant or something. They've been told – the car's been coated, but they've just got the a spray on wipe off sealant, and they've been lied to. So mm. the, the cowboys out there inevitably will take someone's money one time, and they'll never ever see it again. They won't last. Yep. So, first yeah. first impressions is huge. Absolutely, yeah. That's but we're very passion derived, mate. So we just do as much as we can and try to do more than the customer expects. Yeah. So do you have a guy at the front, sort of dealing with customers, and you're out the back? Working on the cars, you have like a, a salesman. Yeah, no, or, I'm, yep. I'm I'm pretty much locked away from from uh, from the public eye, I suppose. But we got we got two two lovely ladies here that man the phones, and they're 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 the first four to call. They're the they're the girls that you'll speak to when you ring up Call Two Rider Lifestyle. You'll speak to Sonia and Lauren on the phone, and you'll meet these ladies when you actually come to the facility. So yep. yeah. I might even duck my head in there and have a quick, quick chat to our clients and stuff, and drive them berserko. And yeah, yeah, that's it. So there's oh. always, um, yeah, everyone's got their own set tasks. Yeah, and that's the way it is here too. Yeah, it's no different here, mate. No, it's good. Good to have a process. So yes, no, especially with a, a joint that big, so 13 workers. It's, yeah, you'll you'll need it. So absolutely, yeah, we do. Um, we'll probably jump into our six stage questions. So, um. Yeah, I did pass them on, so. Yes. Yeah, so can you remember back your first ever detailing job? When you say that, Dale, do you mean detailing and, and ceramic coating? Um, 
or detailing in general, because I've been de- I've been doing it hand in hand with spray painting career for yeah. thirty one years, thirty two years almost. If you can remember, sort of where you sort of picked up the detailing side and thought this is pretty good. Maybe your first ever job that you noticed and thought I can actually do it. It's not too well, bad. Yeah, I do. I, it was a good friend of mine, client from my uh, from Smash Repairs business. Um, he rang me. He said, "Nick, I'm buying the wife brand new CX5. The guys want uh, three and a half, four thousand dollars to get the car uh, protected. That's what they said." Um, so he rang me and he said, "Nick, uh, I want I want you to ceramic coat my car. You, you, you do that, don't you?" And I sort of went. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I do it, I do it. <laughs> because I, I, I pick up the car in two weeks. I'll book it in with you. Is that all right? So I, I wrote it down that day, and then there was a mad rush for me, Dale, to try and find uh, a coding for the for the, for the the new guy, which I want for coding, like the, the beginner, basically. Yeah. So I actually got, uh, from the from the Dreon range, I got cam coat. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I thought, you know what, that, that looks like it's not too technical because, you know, look, I didn't want to jump headfirst into a, a – pro- well, you can't really get a pro coding anyway, but um, I wanted to sort of start a little bit mild before I went wild. I wanted to start basically from the bottom. So anyway, two weeks came. I was all ready to go. I had all my products there. Nice car. I had a couple of issues. I fixed them all up. I polished them. I, I think I two-stage polished them, and I did everything by the book. I – Wiped the car with alcohol. I kept all the rags all in a nice line, and I cam-coated it, and, and the thing looked amazing. I couldn't believe it. Mm. Something you just spray on a towel and wipe off and, <laughs> and, and and level away, and just I just couldn't believe how great it looked. The, the user experience was fantastic. Yep. And that's how it all begins, Dale. You know, it all begins. <laughs> you start to get confident then. So I thought, you know what? After that, he gave me his E46 M3, which was pretty shocking in the paint department. That was like a three, four, maybe five stage correction process. Yep. And then I got the G on Mose, which yep. was a two, which was two layers as well. But that's when I started to really get confident to buy the coatings and to not be afraid to use them. Follow the directions, and you can't go wrong. <laughs> pretty the much. Directions they yep. give you. Yeah. If you follow them, Dale, nothing, nothing will go wrong. You just got to follow them. Don't answer the phone. Limit all the distractions and and keep and keep an eye on what you're doing, which is what I did. Turn the phone off and just focused on what I was doing. And at the end of it, sitting sitting back and looking at it, thinking, "Wow, look, it's amazing." Yeah. And then the other part was uh, telling your client how to two bucket method, how to look after the car, and and keeping in touch with them. How's it all going? Maybe get it in from time to time, or take the products to their house. Because a lot of people I know are car people, and they're not afraid to have a go and maintain it and look after it. Yeah. But um, that was the first one to start. I, I, my first coating was with Gion Cam Coat, which was was, was a spray on wipe off, and it all started from there, mate. That's, yeah, yep. No, that would be two thousand and eighteen, I think. Yep. Around around that time period, though, that would have been the first time I I sort of dabbled in anything ceramic wise. <laughs> Such an easy coating to start with too. So that's where I started. Um, and I still use that, but I use the the certified one and it's great for motorbikes and sort of um, classic cars, that sort of coating. So absolutely, <clears throat> that's sort of what I um, push it to. And people with a very low budget as well, that's sort of what we offer. Um, just a quick coating 
if someone wants the word ceramic and um, an ease of protection, that one, and, and super glossy too. It's, it's yeah, I just, I just ticked all the boxes for mm. someone who was a little bit worried, like a bit worried about what was <laughs> going to happen. And But I thought, you know what, if you follow the directions, they don't kind of go wrong. Yeah. There's one thing I don't do. I don't use that spray head anymore. I um, use a bottle and an applicator, so use it that yeah, way. Yeah, actually apply it to the instead yep. of the spray and inhale it, yeah, or a mask that throughout yep. that whole process. But, yeah, if you can um, somehow dispense it onto a, an applicator foam or a block or suede applicator, whatever you use, yep. yeah, yeah, it'd be even better to get a nicer layer put down. Yeah, I don't think Gian like it, but that's what I tell him what I do because that's, yep. yeah. You've heard, I've heard stories with that because you spray it on the, the towel applicator and it can sort of get in airborne and Absolutely. then it will land on the car and leave little dots everywhere. So that they had yep, dramas exactly. with that. Yes, happened to me. So I actually was doing it. I had to be mindful to be spraying away from the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, yep. otherwise you can't get that dotting. Absolutely. Yeah. So great idea, but, um, yeah, that, that and that's why I don't do it anymore because, yeah. I had that experience and I'm like, that's terrible. I'll um, just applicate it. So, sure. But yeah, um, favorite polisher. I know you you started on a on a rotary like we like we all did in the body Absolutely. shop. So, yeah. Yeah. what's your go to polisher these days? Well, man, like you said, started in the acrylic paint days yeah. before two pack became staple. Um, that was a, a a single speed rotary machine. That was, like, that was like the Annihilator series, I called it. That was like <laughs> insane. But as we've evolved through rotary up to even forced rotation and to dual action to DAs, yep. which uh, that machine is an absolute godsend. DA, mm. amazing. Um, I've tried them all. I've gone from Rupes to Zentool to, to Flex to uh, Festool. I've, I've pretty much gone through all of them. Uh, the, the machine I'm holding right now is uh, a Worth machine. It's a 21, but we uh, like to use the smaller six-inch pads. So I've done a bit of a mod on the 21 throw, Dale. And so it's got a smaller head on a, on a, on a monster machine, which yep. is what I like. I'm not afraid of holding uh, high-powered machines. Um yeah, so at, at the moment now, it's it's the Worth Master DA machine, which I like, but as time goes on, none of the machines have lasted. Dale, they've all mm. suffered. Um, speed controls fail. Cords, yep. start to, you start to get that intermittent stuttering. Um, but I care for them. I wipe them down. I, I care. For, a flex machine's like $800 to $1,000. Mm. I've used flex machines and... I don't know what it is, probably because I'm doing this every day, Dale. It's high-frequency work. No, no machine has lasted in my hands. They, they've all sort of died at the six- to eight-month mark. We all, we've got a cycle of machines. We get them repaired, and they get put in the cupboard, and as machines fail, I just – it's a merry-go-round of machines. But, yeah, uh, Flex, uh, Rupes, Zentool, and the worst machines are all pretty good. I like them all. Yeah. Have you noticed, I don't know if you look too much into it, but the, the return of the rotary, like it's becoming popular again? I'm not sure if you've yeah, noticed that. Yeah. I think it's funny actually because rotaries, do, you, you've got to pick. Mm. Got to, the rotary has to be paired with the right type of work. Like rotaries are good with Corvettes, like the older Corvettes, the fiberglass cars, because you can use the rotary to create warmth 
with yep. your diminishing abrasive and get the result you want in probably half the time of a DA machine. But it all comes with experience and knowing what a car wants and what you use accordingly. So um, the rotary, the last time I used the rotary was on my on my mate's Walkinshaw. There's a lot of fiberglass components. Yep. And the DA wasn't actually, even with a microfiber cutting disc and a cutting compound, it actually wasn't doing what I wanted. So I grabbed my rotary machine and I put a good old lamb's wool head on it, mate, nice and thick. <laughs> Thick mop which throws wool and stuff everywhere. Uh, I grabbed that and made, you could say, uh, a hashtag one, two, four passes. That section was mirror, but that that was with a lamb's wool and a rotary machine. So that's been the process for every walk and shaw that comes through the facility. I always use a rotary machine on all the fiberglass components on the car. You just get the result you want faster yeah. and how you want it to be. Yeah. No, very nice. Yeah, but it's funny how the rotary has made a resurgence. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Laugh a little bit, Dale, because I don't know why you would – you've got to pick your – obviously pick, pick your cars with that machine, but – Pick your battles. Absolutely, yeah. The DA is a more forgiving, all-rounder mm. tool for most of the cars that we work on these days. Yeah, yeah. literally depends what you're working on. So um, your dream car of your own, have you ever thought of anything that you'd like to own? Well, do you own anything? If, if I've always been a big muscle car guy. I've had, um, I was very lucky to have a VK Brock Commodore. I've had, I've had, an, I've had a GT Falcon. I've had a couple of GSXR motorbikes. But if I absolutely, if I could pick something today that someone was going to buy for me and I could have to enjoy, it'd be a 1970 SS Chevelle, mm. 454 big block cars. They they'd become so prized now. They're like. They're worth so much money now, but like 30 years ago, that was a, an achievable car to buy, like from America, left-hand drive. But I've always loved the 1970 period of cars. That's when muscle cars were really shaking shaking the world, you know, like Corvettes, yep. uh, Mustangs from that 70 era. But I'm just a big fan of the Chevelle. I've always loved Chevelles. And 70 SS, big block Chevelle is, yeah, is my type of car, mate. Yeah, very nice I'd car. They are. love to have one of those. Yeah. Um, more of a broader, like detail, your favorite detailing tool or product. So it can be a product that you like or um, an actual tool that is pretty good that you sort of like using. Mate, I think fa favorite tool, my favorite tool is the stuff we use every day, Dale. Remember, remember, I don't know if you remember a time when there was no such thing as microfiber towels. Yeah. Like the acrylic days when I was at TAFE, we were using cheesecloth. <laughs> yes, I remember that. A, a really loosely woven. It was soft, but which was good for the the compounds and stuff you were using at the time. It was good to remove those heavy, oily, petroleum-based compounds, which is great. Yeah. But when microfiber came out, it was like, it was like uh, couldn't believe it. it was a game changer. Yep. And the same as the DA machine. Like I can't. I rely on the DA every day so much without it to go back to the rotary would be like, like a big punishment, you know. So <laughs> it's it's the microfiber towel, like the, the edgeless Korean towels and and DA machines and that would be those two, the towels and the machine without them we're, we're nowhere. Yep. Yeah, I remember the old cheesecloth on a roll, you'd roll it out and 
cut it off. And, yeah, um... that was many moons ago now. <laughs> so we've evolved. It's awesome. That's good because we haven't had the, the tower. Some people have said all sorts of things, um, different tools and extractors or whatever, but, yeah, haven't heard the tower one. That's a new one, which is good. Oh, mate, the towels. Like, there's so much to pick from. There's like a mm. lot of – we started with towels with sewn and edges and that caused issues with scratching. And so now you've got laser-cut, edgeless, Korean, and so many uh, GSMs available, like yeah. low-pile to plush stuff, stuff that you can, like, wipe your own face with, like <laughs> – Luxury, from luxury to coding removal, it's amazing the range we have available to us now. It's crazy too, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Love it. No. Love that part of it. No, very good. And a tip for any um, any detailer starting out in in our industry, you reckon? Mate, when you're starting, Dale, obviously um, it's it's hard. It's hard work, and you, and you and you get out what you put into it. But I've always I've said to a lot of the young kids, like I'm. I'm 51 this year. Dale, I was born in 72, and, and I've met a lot of kids along the way. And, and even at TAFE, I started pretty late. I started when I was 21. And the, my, the, the people in my class were just out of school. They were like 17. So I was 21. I was a lot older than them. And I just tried to inspire them to just to stick with it. Don't give up. Like, there's going to be days where you're not going to want to be there or, you know, everything's going to hell and, Things aren't going to plan. Just to stay with it. Like a lot of people get a little bit discouraged, Dale, and they don't want to do it anymore. They give up so easily. Like um, the, the more um, things battle me, the more I sort of put into it. Like I, I don't want to be, um, you know, what I, mean? I don't want to become victim of a car. Every car I've worked on, I've always completed it to the standard that I've wanted it to be at, which is very, very rewarding you know what it's like dale when yep. you're at the end of all the sweat and tears it's so um rewarding at the end of the day but you got to put yourself into it and you get out what you put in you know what i mean and, and exactly. not to give up it's it's hard work and just to stick with it man that's all i can say to, to the young kids just stay with it and if you do you'll be rewarded the rewards come mm. people talk yep. mate people know that he's young he's having a crack and people are always willing to help uh, a battler and get behind them and help them and or give them a little bit extra, and that's where the encouragement comes from. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, if I'm going to encourage any youngsters who want to get into it, just get into it and listen. Listen carefully to what your tradesperson is trying to say to you and have a crack. Don't be scared. It's hard work, but there's definitely a rainbow at the end, mate. you got to – you just got to stick with it. It doesn't happen – in three weeks or six months or one year, it's it's a long-term thing if you want to go down that road, but the reward will be there if you stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I from personally, I think, for no. me. No, that's good. Spot on. And uh, what are your interests outside of detailing? What do you do when you, you're freed up? Mate, when I'm, not, when I'm not here, look, my brain's always here. I love cars. I've been, I've, I've been involved. I've loved cars. I asked my mum. I've been. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a Hot Wheels car in my hand since I was three years old, so it's never gone away, and it's always there, and it will never go away. But um, around 10, 12 years ago, I um, decided to buy another BMX bike. Like I started riding when I was five years old, and mate, this BMX—I can't believe it, Dale. It's it's starting to get so big, mm. like around the world. It's starting to have like a resurgence again, and I've joined. 
I've joined the club called the BMX Outlaws. And there's so many guys that feel the way I do. When we all ride our bikes, we all feel like we're kids again. <laughs> but the best part is we've all got a little bit of extra bucks to sort of throw at it now. So yep. the, the old dragsters and stuff that our parents could afford back then, now we're not, we don't have those dragsters anymore. The bikes that we aspired to have and did get in our teenage years, like I've been building bikes and collecting them again. I think I've probably got 12 or 13 of them now, Dale. So oh, wow. BMX is a big passion, yeah. What's your um, son into it as well too, yeah. What's your your BMX brand of bike? At the moment, I've always been a big GT fan. Yeah, GT bicycles. I've been I sort of went towards that brand because it's as old as me. They were established in '72 as well, like me. And um, I've just always liked them. Quality product, very good looking. Um, I saw a lot of guys I looked up to back then. You always look up to your heroes and a lot of those guys rode gts so i just gravitated to that product and haro as well haro yeah love haro bikes uh, a lot of racing bikes a lot of american uh branded bikes quality bikes but generally gt and haro at the moment yeah yeah love them. that's funny because i've still got my i'm in the mongoose i've got a mongoose so i've had my original yeah. mongoose since i was 14 and brand wow, new so yeah. i've still got a lot that of mongoose guys with us over there with the boys yeah, Dale. Yeah, you'd be very happy if you saw them. <laughs> heaps of them, heaps of mongoose. Yeah. So I had to fix it up, and uh, my young fellow, he's he's nearly four, and he's he's um, got his trainer wheels off and roaring around. So we we go riding together now. So awesome. Yeah, my son's just turned eight, so I'm just about to get him off the training wheels, Dale. And I've got I've got a nice uh, junior ripper, little se se cycles uh, junior ripper race bike for him. Oh yeah. So as soon as we evolved from the little 16 to 20, he's going straight on a race bike. Yeah. I bought a, a proper bike. So he's excited to, to get yeah, ready nice. to ride that bike. No, it's funny place. with the, the bikes. I even um, I see Mongoose are bringing like the old retro bikes back with the yeah, Tufts mate, and stuff. And I think that, yeah, maybe we really want to buy one. Yeah, people have just gone mad for them. And they, they, they just think, you know, there's a there's – a, a hole in the market there that needs to be filled. Mm. So all those retro bikes, even Haros and GTs, they they've repopped them all and made tribute bikes and stuff. And yep. people have just been chewing them up, mate. A lot of them have been sold, and mm. a lot of them get traded. A lot of people get them and then don't want them, and other people just readily buy them. And I see them everywhere. People love them. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so that's yeah. one of my hobbies. But I love doing it. Love building them. I uh, love painting them. Love yep. restoring them. So it's oh, very yeah. gratifying, mate. Yeah right. Oh, there's right. money in money in old um old bikes. That's for sure. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, the, the parts, mate, they've just mm. gone through the roof. So it's unbelievable. No, interesting. No, it's yeah. cool. All right. Well, um, we might wrap it up. So uh, thanks for your time, Nick. It's been really good. That's been great. The bands has been good, Dale. Um, <laughs> I look forward to down the track, letting you know how we go here. Obviously, the business is evolving and mm. growing. And these guys, it's hard for me to keep up with them because I've got a lot of ideas and a lot of uh, a lot of legs. A lot of the trees got a lot of roots, mate. It's all <laughs> branching out, and uh, a lot of people haven't seen our restaurant here too, Dale. We've got a, oh, wow. a full-on restaurant, best best uh, equipment in there. We just haven't found um, uh, somebody to jump in there and and take the reins of it. But yep. it's, got, it's coffee kitchen in a nice setting. So that's, when that's cracking, that's going to be another thing that 
culture right? what our lifestyle has to offer as well. But mate, you don't know the businesses. Yeah. It's growing and growing, and I'm along for the ride with all my co-workers, and that it's really, really great. Now I've seen that model work. I think it's in uh, New York. It's like a car club, and they have that sort of connection with cars and detailing, and they have like a um, a lounge there as well. And yeah, it's pretty cool. It's unreal. As soon as people know, people just talk about it and see it, and before you know it, you got crowds of people coming to yep. support you, which is, I think, it's great. All right. Well, I think next time I'm in Sydney, I might have to come and have a look. So, yes, you have I'm not to sure when I'm getting there up. next, but yeah, I do. I need need to get back there. So, but yeah, no, it's been awesome to have you on, and um, yeah, thanks for taking the time out. No worries, good. Dale. If you do get the chance to come, come and look us up, mate. We'd be would love to have you here, mate. We'd show mm. you around, and we'll uh, we'll show you the whole. We'll give you the cultura experience, mate. We'd love to have you. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I normally try and would like to do these on location. I've done one already, and that's the, the aim to do more. But it's it's not always that easy. But if I am touring around and dropping in, yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, episode I reckon as well. So it's been really no good. Let us know, Dale. More than welcome. Yeah. Nah. All right, we'll wrap it up. And um, where can everyone find you? On Instagram, you're on everywhere. Mate, you look us up, mate. We're on uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. If, as soon as you look up Cultura and our lifestyle, there's a lot of content there for you guys to look at and check out. And if you need us for anything, we're one phone call away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, nah, awesome. And uh, all right, we'll wrap it up. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. And thanks again, Nick. My pleasure, Dale. Thank you very all much. Right. Cheers, mate. Thanks. That was another episode of the Detailing Down Under podcast. Subscribe now for everything auto detailing in Australia.